Don, welcome to PR Hangover. I'm delighted to have such an avid runner, adventure junkie, and Grand Rapids superstar here with us today. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us and share your experiences with freelance writing and storytelling. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, I I, I actually uh, used to be a computer guy. I, I spent a lot of my adult life being a computer programmer, and but I've always wanted to write a little bit, and I, and I'm also kind of an instigator, and we we just kind of started putting on little races here and there, and it kind of started at a brewery one day when uh, Founders was having a stout release party on a Friday night in December, a bunch of years ago, and it was twenty dollars. You got a free T-shirt, you got a uh, a beer, and a little bit of food. And the difference between that and a race at that time was like running, right? So. So I sent a thing to my buddy, Sean, and said, hey, what do you think? Let's have the Sean and Don 5K. And so we we charged the guys 20 bucks. We gave the money to founders. We got the T-shirts. We got the beer. We got the, you know, and um, we just got everybody together down by the fish ladder and ran a 5K on the the boardwalk or the, the walkway along the river. We went under all the things. We got a 5K in downtown without crossing any streets. And um, it was just a bunch of friends that uh, that did that. So we it was kind of our start on on getting the marathon going. And um, so it, it was the early predecessor to the marathon. Let's put it that way. <laughs> wow. I guess everything has to start somewhere. So I know this next question can be interpreted in a multiple different ways. So take it as you would like. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you think that you've had to overcome as a runner, both physically and emotionally? Well, well, you know, I, I started out as a runner in my mid thirties. Actually, I think I was 37. My daughter got on the track team and I said, okay, we'll go to the track and we'll just run. Um, two miles, run, walk, whatever we got to do, just get through two miles. And I found out if I run slow, I can get through two miles without stopping. I was like, wow, this is cool. Cause I tried to be a runner um, several times in my lifetime. I tried when I was in college a little bit. I had asthma when I was a kid, so I didn't do a lot of athletic stuff then. But um, so I, but I tried to be a runner a few times I'd run my, my legs would hurt. I wouldn't get the habit going. And so I wouldn't run. And then you know, but I, you know, I tried to stay in, in a little bit of good shape, but I finally found out if I go slow, I can actually run some distance. And so I started just building it up so that, you know, the big overcoming thing to starting being a runner was just overcoming my own physical, um, maybe the the brain thing is what's going on. And with it, well, will I be able to get myself to do this? And so um, once I got to that, then I just like lengthened it out in um, a little bit at a time. And there's a lot of people that have a hard time with running because they start out trying to go too fast. They burn themselves out. They they hurt themselves. And then they just never build the habit. And uh, once I started doing the slow and steady thing, and I never have gotten to be very fast. I've always been kind of one of the slow guys. And um, but but I then I started signing up for stuff. And um but but yeah, the the as far as overcoming stuff, being a runner, it was basically getting past that early mental thing that says, okay, how do I go about doing this? And once I found that, um, you know, after several attempts, I actually started running and it was kind of fun. Absolutely. 
I truly believe that running has taught me how to be patient and how to really start something and fall through with it to see the final changes and that can go a long way in life as well. My next question would be, um, what are some of the things that you enjoy doing in your free time besides running and fitness? Oh yeah, I'm well. I'm I'm also a swimmer. Um, I do I do like to go to breweries. I I don't. <laughs> it's it's funny because I really really like microbrew. Uh, I like the craft. I like the the uh, the passion that people have for it. And I, I don't drink that much. I'll have a couple beers, but I really, you know, I'm not a guy that likes to get drunk. It kind of bothers me to not be in control. And, uh, and so, but, but, I, but I love doing that kind of stuff. I like hiking in the woods. I like, you know, I swim quite a bit, uh, especially I like it when we get to open water season and we can get out there and do that. I do some writing. Um, I, I like writing. I, my mother wanted to be a writer and she she actually wrote quite a bit of stuff. She never got a lot of stuff published other than like in her local newsletters or uh, the church bulletin or that sort of thing. But um, I, I kind of got a passion for it. And um, I probably don't apply myself as much as I'd like to. I, I think I could be a lot better uh, at, be, at being a writer if I if I decided it was important enough to, to write a lot of stuff because I got a lot of stories in my head. And, uh, and as you know, I have, um, you know, I publish the newsletter every week. And so you get to, you get to hopefully enjoy some of the stuff that I write. And, um, and I like to share the experiences with other people. And uh, I think that's responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. I love reading about like other people's different experiences and their adventures. I think that it's really inspiring and uplifting and it really inspires me. And I know a lot of others to kind of branch out of their comfort zone and take on some of those journeys. Yeah, so I guess being a freelance writer, you've worked on multiple different pieces with the newsletters and your own books, but um, what are your favorite types of things to write about or what are some of your favorite things you've worked on? Well, there's, um, and truthfully, I haven't written a lot for publication. I have had, you know, I used to, I've written for Michigan Runner quite a bit. Uh, back when it was being published, I wrote uh, a couple of really lengthy articles about the for Marathon and Beyond. Uh, Marathon and Beyond was my first nationally published article that um, was about the South Pole trip that we did. We went to the South Pole in 2002, and uh, well. Three of the six ran a marathon. Two of us ended up running a half marathon. And one guy had to bail before they finally got us down there to do it. But it was it was quite an adventure. And and then I did another one for them for the North Pole as well. And uh, we have been to both poles. I'm bipolar. Uh, and um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, those were those are some of the things I'm really proud of. And then, you know, I, I set up. To, I set out to break a world record by running marathons on all seven continents in the least amount of time uh, back in 2007. And I, I did it in 35 days. The previous record had been 99. And the only problem is Richard Takata did it in 30 days while I was doing that. So, uh, so I didn't get the world record that time because Richard had it, you know, a couple marathons before I finished. And, um, so I went out again that year later to, there's only two marathons that are regularly scheduled in Antarctica. And 
um, I, I was scheduled for 25 days and we got to Punta Arenas, Chile, ready to fly to Antarctica. We got delayed by eight days for the whole trip. So the whole crew could not go run a marathon until eight days late. So 33 days that time. Um, so I still didn't have the world record. I finally made it in 2011 and got it done 25 days, 18 hours and 10 minutes. And uh, anyway, but I, that's part of the answer to the question is uh, one of my my best accomplishments in writing is the fact that I then wrote a book about that, which includes and uh, here, let me show you. Um, and the adventure continues. And it's uh, <laughs> it's got my North and South Pole stories in it, but it has all the stuff about how I managed to you know, break the world record after three attempts and, you know, starting out as a guy that was not an athlete, you know, I was, I was never an athlete before. And, and so I'm able to share a pretty cool story about a pretty cool athletic accomplishment. And, uh, you know, from a guy that got his high school uh, varsity letter on the debate team, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wow. <laughs> Just hearing all of these stories, it's very inspiring, but also very tiring at the same time, because like, I've only run one marathon and that alone just kicked my butt. And so I'm just I'm very impressed with the amount of time and dedication that you've put into running and sharing your stories and your experiences with others for that. Well, it will. And I hope you'll be back. Oh, um. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess. Being living in Grand Rapids for a little while, uh, what are some things that you believe are significant to the Grand Rapids area? You know, I, I love Grand Rapids because it's it's got, well, first of all, I mean, it, you ran through the park systems and stuff like that. We've got a wonderful, uh, you know, Kent County Parks and even the city parks. Uh, it's just a wonderful resource for us. And we've got a lot of great recreation things i'm a, I'm a small town boy we come from you know i lived in uh in a town in barrington with 400 people in the town and you know there's not all there's not infrastructure there's not trails there's not people making things so we can use it and the same thing with the parks here and i and i then as an adult moved down to martin which is another little little farm town south of town here and um you know i, I moved to grand rapids um like almost 20 years ago now and it's been, it's, it's a great town. You know, we, there's just all this stuff going on. There's very progressive. It's got a really great philanthropy community. Uh, there's a lot of giving that goes on here. We've got some rich people that, that made their money, um, you know, Meyer and DeVos and hunting and, you know, the, the guys had steel case and, you know, the, the big businesses and everything. And, you know, they have reinvested in the town. You know, they they have at least put a lot more into town. Meyer paid for a lot of the trails we've got out Millennium Park and, and going north and going, you know, everywhere. Um, a lot of great stuff that that the the people, the philanthropy community is is really great in this town. And and, you know, I love that. I love the culture. Uh, we got we got a symphony. We've got some minor league teams with the, um, you know, the the hockey and the you got some soccer happening now and, and the the baseball team and everything. So, you know, just a, a ton of great stuff to do in this town. And it's still small enough that you can get around you know, from downtown. You can be in the country in 10 minutes and um, you know, you can't do that in Detroit or Chicago or something. You can drive for three hours and still be in the city. And um, it's, it's so cool being here. You know, we're, 
we, you know, I, I run people around the around the block and then we're, you know, by five miles in, we're out in the country and it's kind of fun with the marathon, you know, so. Yeah, I love Grand Rapids because I feel like it has, like you said, like a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you shared briefly that you are the director of the Grand Rapids Marathon, but what led this to progress into becoming such a well-known race all across Michigan and even beyond, and even a Boston qualifier race? You know, I always believed once we started it, um, that it would be like that. And and even the first year, the first year we, and, and we kind of created it because Millennium Park was being built for one thing. It was the first year of Millennium Park. And they also, we, our running club, Grand Rapids Running Club would run out and we discovered they just paved the trails through the woods past where the river boat used to be down there out by uh, in the marathon. It's around mile 17, 18. And, but they paved the trail through there and it went clear to the Granville sewer plant. And we were, um, we were just running there and, and playing around and said, you know, from Millennium Park all the way out here and back, we could get 13 miles. We did that twice. We'd have a marathon. And so we just kind of, it was, you know, Sean and I were, I don't know, five, six races into our little off the wall things that we did at breweries and so on. And we just said, Hey, let's see about putting on a marathon. So um, just convened a, a, a little bunch of people from our running club and said, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Give us some ideas and so on. Cause we're think we're going to do this. And so even the first year, and I was thinking maybe we'll have three, four, 500 people. We had 930 people sign up the first year and I had them from all over the country. And, you know, it, it just took off. And that was 2004. We're going into year 20 right now, uh, this fall. And so is, it, but it's just one of those things that we, we started it and just believed that it was going to happen. And, and there it is. And it just did. We, we had a, a lot of people show up that first year and I got people and I know people from, cause I run, I've, I, by that time I had run, I don't know. Um, I was almost to a hundred marathons by that time. And so, you know, I had been running with people and I'd run with people all over the world. I'd already, you know, done the, the, um, the continents at least once. And I'd been all over the world doing things and all over the country. I'd already run all 50 States. And so it was one of those deals where I just um, had a lot of friends. I put the word out. I was a member of the the clubs, you know, the 50 States club and all that. And so it was easy to get the word out and well, you put the word out and there weren't that many marathons in Grand Rapids or in Michigan at the time there was Detroit and Traverse city. And that was about it. And um, so put the word out. And next thing you know, we got people that want to run Michigan. They come to Grand Rapids and, so we had a great year that first year. It got bigger. We moved downtown to the Y the next year. And um, they had just built the brand new Y that year too. So 2004, we had a brand new park. 2005, we had a brand new Y. We moved down there. We've been there ever since. But, um, you know, we just, it's one of those things I believed was going to be a decent thing and bring people from all over the place when we started it. And, you know, I've, so far I've been lucky to be right about that. I totally stand with you on that. The infrastructure here is incredible. And as you said before, you know, we have a little bit of the best of both worlds. I know that whenever I'm running Millennium, it just, it kind of feels like I'm out in the middle of nowhere, even though I know that like I'm right by the city. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then um, kind of touching on some of the newsletters that you send out, what are some of the things that kind of go into crafting those? Well, I I have a lot of stuff in my in my head because I've you know I've run marathons all over the world, and you know I've I've met people, and you know everybody's everybody's got the story, and you know when you, if if you have a chance and and you know when you go out on a long run with other people, before too long you know a lot about people. I mean, you know, stuff about people you don't want to know. And, um, you know, and we, and we end up kind of sometimes the oversharing a little bit. Um, that, <laughs> I was like, I didn't really want to know about your uh, whatever. And <laughs> so that kind of, and, 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 you know, that just happens. And so, but when you're out on the road and you're out, you know, you're in, uh, you know, South Bend and running the, the Sunburst Marathon and you come up on a kid who's, I don't know, 17, he's doing his first marathon and he's just kind of like, he's messing with his phone. He's trying to figure out what he wants to really do. He's totally not in it anymore. And you just smack him on his shoulders. Hey, get your brain back in the game. Come on. And, um, and he comes along with me and we, we get talking and I start finding out about him and I start, you know, and I might be having a hard day and, but now I got somebody to coach. And so it takes my brain off my own problem and I can start working with somebody else while well, we, and we, so we end up running together for the last like six miles. And next thing you know, we're going into the stadium for the finish line and he just like takes off. I didn't ever see him again. And, uh, but, you know, you just run into those people. You run into people that help you. You run into people that you can help. And, and you, but you hear stories. And then people send you an email a while later and said, you know, I, <laughs> a girl I was running with at Ocean Drive Marathon out in uh, Eastern Seaboard in New Jersey, I think. And um, <laughs> she sent me a thing like two or three years later and basically told me, hey, listen, in my story, she thought I was full of baloney. And, um, but then she goes on the website and finds out that, oh, this guy really did this stuff. He really did go to the South Pole. He really did, you know, and, um, next thing you know, she's like one of my, my, my good friends. And, and she just, in fact, just last year finished the 50 States and, wow. but she got the idea they wanted to do, she and her husband wanted to do the 50 States because she spent so much time listening to my baloney. So, um, so that was uh that was a thing so it was kind of a <laughs> you but but you find all these people and you find all these stories and you learn all these things about people and then you get to share them so that you know that's that's where the material comes from it comes from just my being out and doing stuff yeah i feel like with the transition from the competitive racing to more of the road racing you it's more it's more enjoyable because it's more like that's what you know everyone's there because they want to be there and you can kind of just open up and like you said you learn so much about people on the yeah. race for sure and then i just have a question about your excursions and the, the two poles what kind of inspired you to want to race in both the north and south pole i guess it's just it's not really somewhere that i've ever thought about before but i find it very intriguing <laughs> never been there um <laughs> really that's uh well well i will tell you the first time i read about this the antarctica marathon which was not at the pole it's just up on king george island just off the antarctic peninsula 
And it was only the, the first time they had put on a marathon in Antarctica in, in 95. They were going to do it again in, two, or in 97. And I was like, okay, I've never been to that continent. I traveled to all the other continents at least once for something. And um, I had even, I was training for my first marathon at the time. And I just say, okay, I'm going to Antarctica. If you, go, you can run a, a marathon, you can go to Antarctica and run a marathon. Like, this is cool. So I, I just did it. I just called up marathon tours and said, where do I send my money? How do I sign up for this? And I had two years to come up with all the money I needed. <laughs> so it's kind of like I had time to work on it. And, um, but that's the kind of thing that motivates me is to just do something that normal people don't do. And then, of course, you get on these trips. And that trip was a change your life trip. Because all of a sudden, here I am with a whole bunch of people that are crazy enough to go to Antarctica to run a marathon. I was like, okay. Um, and and you get in a conversation and, you know, the conversation, a lot of the questions will end with the word yet. Have you done this yet? Have you run the Nana Civic thing yet? Have you done this yet? Have you been to South Africa? Yet? You know, they, they just assume because you're in this bunch of people, you're going to be doing crazy stuff. And, and they're right. And um, so, you know, next thing you know, I've, I'm talking to people and, I, you know, a couple of years later and Brent Wiener is going to put on this marathon or at the South Pole. And he hooked up with these guys in Antarctica. So, and I was talking to some other guy I'd been to Antarctica with. And um, he told me about Brent. Well, the next thing I did, I just called Brent and said, hey, what are you, what are you doing? And, and um, he and I actually met in the airport in Punta Arenas, Chile, at the southern tip of South America. And we've, we've been best friends ever since. We've, um, we've actually literally traveled to every, he's, he's my, one of my bipolar friends. We've been to both poles together now. And um, he's, uh, but we've, but we've run together on every continent so far. And, um, you know, sometimes more than once. So, um, but it, it's, it's that kind of thing. You start hanging out with the, what I call the wrong people. And um Next thing you know, you've you keep signing up for stuff and and you know you just get out of the country every year one time and go do something somewhere and and um you know sometimes it's a leap of faith. I don't know if I if I'm going to come up with enough money that south that that South Pole trip was expensive, but you know business ended up being good. I ended up with a, a massive bunch of computer projects to work on and. Um, managed to pay for it way faster than I thought I was going to be able to. And, you know, it's just, but it's, it's like I said, leap of faith stuff. You just commit to something and your brain will put together a program to help you figure out how to do it. And um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's what we do. And uh, yeah, it's just a blast. Yeah. I mean, those experiences are so valuable. And so I feel like, when you think about, you know, like you have to leave your time here and then to go there, it's like that return of, wow, like I did this and this and this, I feel like is outweighs anything in that sense. Yeah. It, it, it is an amazing thing. And, and, and you get done with it and it's like, all you're thinking about is what's next. And, and mm -hmm. in fact, all your friends are saying exactly. That. Oh, well, what's next? I was like, wasn't this enough? <laughs> and, but no, it, it's not. And, um, 
you know, people, people end up living vicariously through you. And, you know, and, and I do that with other people too. I mean, there's, there's too many things to do in life. We, you know, no one of us can do it all. So I need friends that are, that are doing crazy stuff that I'm not ever going to do. Um, and, and I'll listen to their stories and they'll listen to my stories and we'll have a couple of beers and it'll be a, it'll be a good time. And we'll, we'll share each other's adventures. And uh, those are the kind of things that I, I just love about this thing. Yeah. And, and then yeah, I, I think it's my obligation to share. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like something Jacques Cousteau said, if you have the, the um, privilege to live an extraordinary life, um, you have an obligation to share it. And uh, that's a, that's a rough quote that you can look that up. But anyway, he's uh, he, that kind of inspires me. It's like, OK, I that's so I publish a newsletter every week, every you know, I never miss a Thursday. And I just make sure that I'm finding things that inspire people and, you know, get them motivated a little bit and, and all that kind of things. So. Yeah, well, I can definitely say that I enjoy reading those. I look forward to getting that letter about when the next race is or just those stories that you enjoy sharing. Well, thanks. Yeah, and then I guess that kind of goes with my last question, but um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to young professionals entering the workforce that you wish you would have known? <laughs> well... And I tell my, I got, I have two granddaughters in college right now. I said, take business classes. You know, I was, I majored in speech and dramatic arts and mathematics. Okay. And I was a teacher for a year and I found out I did really didn't want to be a teacher. It's, it's not a, it's not my thing. I mean, I, it's my thing, but um, you're a disciplinarian when you're a teacher in, in a, in a high school and junior high and stuff. And it, it just wasn't, didn't suit my temperament, but every job out there uses the same stuff and it's, it's business, it's accounting, it's finances, things like that. So having to, at least a little bit of knowledge of that kind of stuff, I would say, but, but the other thing is realize that the stuff you go to college for might not be what you end up doing. So kind of prepare yourself and be open to learning all kinds of things. And, you know, I still do a lot of reading and study and you know i learned physics i learned religion i learned all, all kinds of stuff because i i just love it you know um, i learned i love maps i love you know all, all kinds of things and it's uh you, you never know what you're going to get in the middle of and having all that base of knowledge and never stop learning and uh, but you know just kind of like prepare yourself for anything when you're young and and, and be open to anything Agreed. I believe that life would definitely be boring if we all did the same thing for the rest of our lives. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> That's why I love yeah. all the diversity. And, and I love, you know, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at the finish line and, and truthfully, there are people of all sizes, all shapes, all races, all speeds. I was like, there's this wonderful meld of, humanity there and you know and i don't care i mean i don't you know i i i, I all these people are so amazing and it, and it does die, kind of drive me crazy we spend a lot of time talking about things like racism and all that stuff and it's like i got no reason to hate anybody everybody i mean life is so full of wonderful people if with varied backgrounds and everything and i learned something from all of them and you know, and that's something that, you know, I would also have people that are younger think about. It's like, 
you're going to learn stuff from people who are different than you. Um, if everybody, like you said, if everybody was exactly like me, it'd be a boring place. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's a blast having all these different people with different experiences and backgrounds and where they came from and where their family came from and, and what their stories are. So, and, and of course, like I said, when we're running, we get to share those stories with each other for miles at a time when we got nothing else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Don, thank you for sharing your experiences with us and providing more insight into the Grand Rapids area and your experiences being the director of the Grand Rapids Marathon. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and learning about you and your experiences. Yeah, I love doing this. Thank you. Throughout this episode, we got to learn a little bit more of what storytelling really means and the importance of sharing our experiences with others for more inspiration. If you like this episode, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to PR Hangover. And if you liked hearing from Don and you want to learn a little bit more, I will leave his contact information in the show notes below. But until then, I'll see you all next time on PR Hangover.